This is episode number 27 of Ships with Malin Patel. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Welcome to the Ships Podcast. Today, I am very excited to announce our guest, Malin Patel, who is a connector and media producer with a focus on natural health and spirituality. As programming director for The Sacred Science, he curates original content for an active and growing online community of knowledge seekers interested in medicinal practices from older cultures. He co-founded the Chicago South Asian Film Festival in 2010 and programmed its first few years before switching to an advisory role and now helps to program the South Asian Film Festival of America. He also served on the Executive Council of Circle of Wisdom, a nonprofit initiative to document humanity's wisdom through short-form interviews with the world's thought leaders and visionaries. A former strategy consultant and entrepreneur, Malin took a much-needed break after 10 years of the business grind, and somehow the world of TV and film production found him through his creative roots in music. In his spare time, he enjoys hiking, writing, live music, ice hockey, and real ghost stories. You guys are in for a great episode with Malin. We talk a lot about developing awareness and discovering our inner selves. Malene also talks to us about his own personal journey and how he was able to follow his curiosity into the video and film production world and also in the natural health and spirituality world and then the opportunity to combine those two. We also talk about the tendency for society to want a quick fix nowadays and that a lot of us are not as self-reliant as we might have been back in the day. Lastly, Malene also talks to us about the importance of healing ourselves, how film is great for storytelling, and how important and crucial it is to build a relationship with ourselves before going out into the world and building relationships with others. So I think you are in for a great episode. We haven't had a guest like Malin Patel on the podcast yet, so I'll be very interested to hear your thoughts. So without further ado, Malin Patel. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ships Podcast. Today's guest is Malin Patel. Malin, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Pat. Really appreciate you having me and asking me to be part of this. I'm very excited to dive into the conversation. We initially got connected through Ivy University, which is a great community of people who are looking to meet people who are doing interesting things. And we got connected through that. And then, then we met up in New York and you're definitely someone that I wanted to have on the show. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah. And uh, no, I guess, 
shameless plug there for Ivy, which I'm a fan of too. So it's great. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shameless plug. Uh, so I'm wondering if you could just start off by telling us a little bit about your background and maybe where are you from and what led you down the path that you're pursuing today? Sure. Yeah. Well, I grew up in, in Pittsburgh and kind of have been all over. That was uh, through the middle of high school, then moved to upstate New York right before my junior year. Went there for the rest of high school and was there in college uh, in near Ithaca. And then I spent some time in New York and D.C. for about five years after school in the business world. Switched to Chicago for 14 years, also in the business world. And then sometime in the middle of my Chicago stint, took a break and ended up somehow in the world of media and film production and TV production through one of my hobbies, which was uh, music and music production. So that's the the short version. And uh, I'd say that the background that I have is something that I was grooming to be or groomed to be somebody in the business world. Just the different backgrounds or industries that I've been part of would be uh, investment banking as an intern, strategy consulting, tech startups, which eventually ran out of cash, going back to consulting, some risk management. And the last thing I did in the business world was own and operate some subway franchises in Chicago in some pretty rough neighborhoods. Uh, And so that I thought would be kind of like my real life MBA. And when I finally took a break after that, so four years of seven days a week, 10 to 15 hours a day on your feet, uh, grinding it out, uh, I ended up taking the advice of my parents to say, you know, you need six months to recharge. Uh, They didn't care if I had my dream job offer lined up for the next morning. They said, you, you really need to, to just rest and kind of recover. And so in that time, that's when I started paying attention and slowing down and realizing what was around me. And it was through music production, which was a serious hobby. Found a mentor in Chicago who was kind of teaching me that. He also did TV and film production. More of his client work ended up going that way. So I, I did some networking and then just kind of got curious and decided, hey, this is pretty interesting stuff. Let me see if I can get some traction in the next six to 12 months without worrying about the, the financial side of things. And I did. And so I just kind of stuck with it. Uh, got involved in a few projects that were really setting me up on my path, not only professionally, but even on a spiritual level. And that is kind of how I ended up doing what I'm doing now, which is basically media production in the world of natural health and spirituality. So hopefully that wasn't too long of an explanation for you there. No, no, that's great. It's really amazing, actually. I always enjoy asking this question because it's amazing to kind of look back on our trail and see where we were at and how in some way it leads to where we're currently at and where we're heading. Mm -hmm. And was it that you were just completely burned out from the business lifestyle from your, your subway franchise that you said that you were doing? Could you have just jumped to like another business or at that point were you like, I want to be completely out of this world? Yeah. Well, from the the franchising perspective, that's something I definitely wanted to be completely out of it. There were a number of merits of, of learning things there, especially on the operational side and just actually owning and running your own business, even if it's not something you created from scratch and you're following another model. So there was a lot of things that I learned there. I would say perspective for sure. And just, as I mentioned before, it was like a real life MBA because it's four, four years of my life that was kind of doing the same thing, being in the same location and not really having much of a break. But when you're doing something like that, it just really gets hardwired into your DNA. Uh, And a lot of it was just observations and life lessons on socioeconomics. And we were in two rough neighborhoods where these uh, locations were. So just getting to deal on a daily basis 
with all the different things that would happen, whether it's with uh, people in the neighborhood or with customers or with employees. So uh, I'm very grateful for the experience that I had and where it's put me. But yeah, I was definitely ready to move on to, to be doing something else. Uh, I'd say in general, I was, and to still am to some extent, a little bit of a workaholic, but back then uh, I'd, someone needed to intervene and say, listen, you, you need to just recharge for six months just because you were just pushing yourself too much. And that was on a combination of physically, mentally, uh, on, on all levels, right? When you're physically on your feet, 10 to 15 hours a day for seven days a week for almost four years, that'll get to you. Yeah. Uh, as well as the fact that when you come from somewhat of a creative or an analytical background, and then you get thrown into an environment where there really isn't that much mental or analytical stimulation. Yeah, there's a learning curve. It takes about three, maybe six months to really get up to speed on everything. But then it just it's the exact same thing every day. So you have to completely change the way you operate. And that's what I kind of needed a break from too. And so I'm pretty happy and grateful that my my parents and even some friends were like, dude, you just need to, to chill out, relax. And they could see it you know, on my face, on my body and everything. And so when I took the break, that was one of those really amazing life lessons where I started to work on my awareness somewhat on, on subconsciously, but now it's, it's sort of a developed skill. And, and that's something that I think we can, we can talk about and unpack today. I know when, when I talked about, or when I first learned about your podcast and you, you told me what the title was and it was ships. And I was like, what exactly is that? And then I listened to a couple episodes and realized what he's talking about. And so there's all these different types of, whether it's relationships, entrepreneurships, um, all the different uh, terms and, and phrases and, and words that you'd put on there. And it was really just interesting to, to listen to. And uh, one of the things is just the relationship with yourself. And sometimes we need to take that time from life, whether it's from too, working too much or just needing separation from certain people, depending on what relationships you might have with them, just to focus on yourself. So you get an idea of what it is that you're going through, what you need to work on, what you need to might take a break from just to get a, a fresh perspective and recharge. Yeah, absolutely. And would you say that's why that break was so important was because it was not only an opportunity to discover your next career path, but also an opportunity to look inward and discover more about who you are? Yeah, I'd say a little bit of both. It, it completely changed the trajectory of what I was going to do. If, if I kept doing what I was going to do at some point, I probably would have burned out way more. But I think the bigger thing is I just would have ended up going back either to the corporate world or doing something where I didn't necessarily care so much about what I was doing. And it would just be another job, another paycheck, whatever it might be. And so the fact that, yeah, the money side took a while to get into and finally get to a place where, where you're somewhat earning a decent living, that comes with time, especially when you're starting over again. But almost immediately, just the interest level, the fulfillment, uh, and the impact of what it was doing to me, the type of work that I was learning about or getting exposed to, the types of different people I was meeting, all of that was completely in alignment with all the different things that I I guess you could say I've been wanting to do for a while and just haven't been able to. Yeah, it's amazing in those moments in life when we find those discoveries and then really just grab it and run with it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'd say on a number of levels, uh, the, the first thing that kind of opened up my eyes was just realizing that, you know, when you slow down and you, you make an active effort to do it, you can actually pick up on a lot of stuff that's around you. Uh, there's just so many different people, places, events, opportunities that 
cross your path whenever you realize, oh, okay, hmm, I'm actually taking some time to slow down and pay attention to what's around me or who's around me. And when I'm doing that, I actually have a chance to pick up on stuff that could be good for me or could teach me something new or could connect me to someone or something that could be great now or it could be great two, three, five, ten years down the line. And all of those opportunities and all of those potential connections are there. It's just a lot of times life and this world that we're living in is so fast and distracting that we just are completely oblivious to what's right in front of our faces or right under our noses. And so when you take the time to slow down and kind of pay attention or at least develop that skill, which we all have, then all the different things that are in front of you are really, really kind of becoming more clear. Yes, this is so true. And I think this segues nicely into talking about your work specifically in natural health and spirituality. I think in some ways this could be seen as almost the inverse of the hustle and bustle mentality of working, like what you were saying, 15, 16 hour days, seven days a week, but really taking this opportunity to focus on our health, focus on our spirituality. While I think the two can go in tandem in some way, it really is this process of slowing down, which is exactly what you were saying. So I'm wondering if you could talk about how did you really enter into the natural health and spirituality field? And why is it that you have stayed there for this duration now? Sure. Well, I, I'd say that that's a great question. And I'd say that part of it is just the, the beginning stages of learning what it's like to slow down and then kind of figuring out what the different breadcrumbs may be. I think one of the things that I've learned over the, the last 10 years now is kind of paying attention to how the dots connect forward while you're going through something. It's really easy for people to realize, oh, how I can connect the dots backwards after you've gone through something, right? Because hindsight is twenty twenty. If I hadn't been here at this particular time or I hadn't met this person, they wouldn't have connected me to X, Y, Z, and I wouldn't be where I am now. And it's really easy to do that when you look backwards. But when you're going through something or when you're connecting with people right now, having the ability to kind of take a step outside and look at the bigger picture of what could be happening or what could actually be unfolding, that's something that over the last 10 years, whether you call it spiritual or not, it's just something that I guess I've, I've become a lot better at. And so it's changed not only my attitude in terms of how I approach things, but also just how I react to things as I'm going through them. And so with respect to switching over to the world of, say, natural health and spirituality, I would say one of the things was really just following my curiosity. And that's something I, I may not have been doing as much as when I was in the business world, right? When, you, when you're working some crazy hours or you have some crazy deadlines that other people are counting on you for whatnot, and you're not necessarily following what you want to do or, or you're working towards what you want to do, it's a lot easier to kind of get stuck in that rat race and just be on the hamster wheel at all times. So when you kind of take the time to work on yourself internally in terms of your own health or even in terms of, say, what you want to do with your life or possibly even just purpose of why you're on this planet, that kind of starts to motivate and incentivize you to, to look at everything. And so when you start working on things, you just start to pick up on all the different things that are around you. So in my case, the, one of the first projects I got involved in, and this was simply also out of my curiosity, right? 
when I sold the Subway franchises and then when I finally started networking with some some folks, I got to a couple artistic meetings. I think it was once a month, this uh, artistic meeting in Chicago. And I connected with a few people in the film world there, one of whom was a cinematographer. And I said, hey, listen, I'm looking to learn more about this and I, I'm willing to work basically for free. Uh, I, I just came out of the business world. I might be able to invest in your next project or I might be able to connect you with some some funding that could be used for some of your next projects. So he said, let me think about this. You want to learn, you're willing to work for free and you might be able to connect us to money. Yeah, sure. Join our team, right? Yeah, that's, that's a no brainer. So the interesting thing there was that I started, let me see what you've done. Let me see some of your reels. So he sent me some DVDs of short films and feature films that he'd worked on. And I kind of watched them just to get an idea of what this was like couple here, a couple there. Okay, nothing special, whatever, fine. But then there was another disc in there. And this is also kind of like paying attention, right? There was a disc in there. And this was a disc, a DVD about a pilot. And it was about ghosts and spirits in the afterlife, kind of like a haunted series. And the, I watched that and I couldn't put it down. I watched the whole thing through. It was maybe about 45 minutes or an hour long. And I said, what is this? Right? And that, and it was part of listening to my curiosity, but realizing what what is this and the, the interesting story there is that he had worked with a specific medium about 2 years prior to that on this pilot and the long story sh there is the long story short is that they had not known each other they were brought together by a different producer and this series was actually ready to be aired i believe on discovery channel or something like that but for whatever reason the producer ended up shutting it down so legally no one was supposed to somehow ever see this dvd again right but somehow i got put in that pile that the cinematographer shared with me i watched it and i started getting curious and i said you know can we talk about this another friend or colleague at the time had some contacts in la who said hey we're, we're looking for a new type of reality series you got any ideas so one idea i had was well what about if we kind of were to consider rebooting this thing that hadn't ever made it to to the air or had, hadn't ever made it to a network, even though it was greenlit and ready to go. What if we rebooted this, but kind of did it our way? And so he and this medium hadn't spoken in two years. And he said, let me see if I can reach out to this guy and see if he might be interested in hearing what we have to say or what me and the other colleague had to pitch. And so he was open to it. We drove down to, I think it was Indiana which was a few hours away from Chicago. And so we kind of pitched him on the idea and he was actually comfortable with what, what we wanted to do. And so that's kind of how it started. And we ended up creating this series on, well, on a number of things. Let's just say it was to show people that we all have the natural ability to sense and communicate with ghosts and spirits. And we've all had this ability as human beings for a long time, pretty much since the beginning of humankind. So from that perspective, um, it's something, it's a skill that anybody can develop. And if you choose to use it, you can access guidance that's there to, to help you in your life. And, and that's one of the simple ways of putting it. But in working on this series, I was just curious from a perspective of, you know, what is this genre? What is this all about? Uh, I was also interested just from the perspective of learning how to produce something and, and turn it into something that can be seen on TV and people can learn from it. So I, I came in on that perspective, but as I was doing all the research and as I was going to a lot of these places, the, the main medium 
I had never necessarily experienced anything um, ghostly or spiritual or paranormal before in my life. If I did, maybe I just either ignored it or I perhaps just didn't realize what was happening and just you know move on. But now that my mindset is in kind of the research mode and it's in this mentality where like I want to learn as much as I possibly can about this, so I'd, I'd be researching this. I'd be going to these physical places where we were trying to pick up on, is there anything happening here? What can we learn from there? I actually started physically feeling stuff. So combine that with having these amazing professionals who could actually explain what was going on. And from that perspective, that was a great learning environment. The other aspect of it too was that in them kind of explaining what was happening, they also said that me being there just with my openness, my curiosity, and also possibly just with my energy in general, they had mentioned that the ghosts and spirits actually were more comfortable when I was around. And that made them more comfortable when I was around for the whole experience. So they said, do you also want to be part of this team, this exploration team, and possibly even be on camera? And I said, oh, that's really interesting. Um, I didn't think it was part of the plan. I guess on some level it was part of the plan. And so in addition to kind of producing this, I became one end of the spectrum where those guys were, you could say, quote unquote, experts, even though they didn't like to call themselves experts. They'd just done their homework for a very long time. So their skills were very developed. That's one end of the spectrum. And then on, my, on the other end of the spectrum is someone like me who are like most people in the world. You know, they're kind of new to this or they're just realizing what their awareness is like and they're just starting to develop it, right? So that was the whole idea is to have them be around explaining what's happening, but also to have someone like myself be somewhat a mirror to the audience to show what can what can you pick up on when you actually start to slow down, pay attention and develop this. So this is all from simply following my curiosity, right? And then from that perspective, everything we did with that series, uh, not only in creating the show, but also in, following how that evolved and trying to get it on television and everything after that, it basically connected me to what I'm doing now for work. And that's just the bigger umbrella of say natural health, spirituality and working on yourself, whether it's for, like I said, a spiritual reason, or if it's for a professional reason or a combination of both or anything else, but just the inner work and paying attention to what you need, what you want to do and what you want to achieve. It's really fascinating. I didn't realize that sensing ghosts or spirits is a skill set that you have to practice and hone. I find that really interesting. Well, yeah. So I, that's that's one way to look at it, right? There's there's a lot of people that would that would tend to think that all right, there's only certain people that can do this, right? And that's some of the folks you might see on on TV or some of the folks that you might call a psychic or medium and and you would have to go to them for help. And that's totally fine. And, and like any other skill, like any other ability, right? We all have a natural ability to some extent to, to be a musician or, or musical skill. We all have natural ability to some extent to be an athlete, right? We all have a natural ability to some extent to kind of be healers, like taking after our own health, looking after our own health in terms of medicine. But not all of us are going to become doctors or professional athletes or professional musicians, right? It's the people that are going to take some of their natural ability, but then work on it for 10, 15, 20 years, and then really take it to another level, right? It's the whole 10,000 hour sort of uh, paradigm in terms of how much time do you actually 
spend developing whatever it is that you want to become an expert at. And so my opinion, and I think a lot of people would say that, that this is no different. Yes, there are people born into this world that have natural gifts and abilities, not just spiritually, right? Even though that's what we're talking about. Some people like Mozart, they were born Mozart, right? <laughs> and there's some athletes who are just born naturally gifted. And so that applies to everybody. But the majority of people, right, if you really want to take something and develop it and become an expert on it or become a really good professional at it, you have to work on it. You got to develop it like anything else. You got to practice it. And what I would say is that this natural ability that we've all had, that humans have all had, and we can we can go into a lot of detail here if we have to, but I mean, you can go back to some of the the, the paintings uh, in caves, like back in in, in Africa and in Europe, thinking you know thousands and thousands of years old, where some of the first writing would actually show that there's people that would there people that would be depicted as in solid lines, and those would be humans, and people that, that would be depicted kind of transparently or translucently, and that would be kind of the ghost of the afterlife. So it's like this belief or this ability to see this, and it's always been with human beings. Uh, just think about like what we're in touch with, what we can access in terms of when we're meditating or in, thing, in terms of when we're kind of downloading things, when we're really, really focusing or concentrating on it. So it, it's always been there. And the, the world of, say, ghosts, spirits, and afterlife, that's just an interesting, I guess, arena because – a lot of people tend to associate that with something dark, something to fear, something to worry about. I think that's just simply conditioning. Uh, and there's a lot of money in, in fear. And so that's probably where it's gone. I think there's also a lot of control that can can be done or can be used whenever you actually are trying to take people away from connecting to any inner guidance or possibly the guidance of ancestors or people that are around just to kind of point you in the, in the right direction, right? If you have the ability to access that, then you don't need to necessarily turn to, say, the government or other institutions or the media for, hey, how do I do this? Or what am I supposed to be doing in life, right? So if people can actually access this guidance that's always been there to kind of keep us on the right path, this internal compass, if you want to call it, then it's like, well, what's the rest of the world? And what, what are the rest of the things that we pay attention to? What are they actually doing, right? So that's kind of one way to look at it. There's probably a lot that I that I put there, but that's probably just at a high level, a few different ways to think about this. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And I assume just to add on to that, that that is what you mean by spirituality, at least in the context that you're working in, is specifically this work in either sensing or communicating with spirits, ghosts, afterlife. Is that correct? That's that's one area, right? Yeah. And a lot of the work that I do now, it's kind of the result of where that project connected me to uh, another community. And that's also kind of in the, in the spiritual natural health world. But that's more along the lines of, say, medicinal and healing practices from older cultures around the world. So that's one of the things that I'm doing now with the, with the sacred science. It's just an online community. It's pretty active and growing at a at a pretty pretty good pace. And it's just for people that have always had an interest in natural health in the way that they're looking for other alternatives from what might necessarily be there in the in the modern or the Western medicine model. And it's not that not to say that we're here to knock Western medicine or modern medicine because it's valid for a number of things especially when it comes to diagnostics and emergency medicine. But for a lot of people, 
whose health has just been affected chronically and modern medicine isn't working, they're turning back to kind of all these older cultures and older practices that have been around for thousands of years. And a lot of these practices have worked for people. So whether you want to go into the, the world of herbalism, whether you want to go into the world of shamanism uh, or in plant medicine or even things like meditation, yoga, whatever it might be, all of these tools have been around for a long time and they're helping people and they have been helping people. And so a lot of folks are kind of coming back to that now to, to give them somewhat of a fair fair share or fair shake when it comes to taking their own health into their own hands. And for those of our listeners who may be unfamiliar with the term natural health, I'm wondering if you could just describe that a little more. I, I know you gave a, a few examples as to what could constitute as natural health, but I guess as an umbrella term, how would you best describe it? Yeah, well, it could be a, a number of things. So if it's purely depending on if the term is purely depending on how you describe what you say take as medicine, then that could be, all right, how do we get away from, say, pharmaceuticals and, and how do we take something that's, say, herbal or using food as medicine, right? Completely starting on the preventative side from a lifestyle change. Uh, the other aspect of natural health could just be other techniques or other traditions that are used to help with different things. So in some cases, Yoga, as an example, would be there for helping you with your body in one case to make it stronger, make it more limber, uh, make it more uh, durable, but also helping with the breath to get more oxygen into the body and then also helping with the mind to, to focus it. So that's a simple example. When you get into other techniques like or traditions like acupuncture or acupressure, you could also get into just say meditation in general, breath work any of those. So those would be just a few other examples that aren't necessarily medicines or herbs or anything that you ingest, but some other practice that you, practices that you might take. And then the other aspect of natural health is just kind of having this awareness or mindset where you're kind of taking your life and your practices into your own hands and realizing, all right, when do I go to sleep, right? What are the types of things that I watch or listen to in terms of how that affects my, my brain or how that affects my body? Um, where do I necessarily choose to eat? Or do I, if, if I do go out to eat, you know, what are the types of places that I go to? Uh, otherwise, how can I choose to kind of cook my own food or make my own food at home? That kind of thing. What type of uh, a person am I going to be in the relationships that I have with my friends, my family, my colleagues, uh, even something romantic? You know, what type of person do I want to be on this planet? What type of citizen do I want to be in within the country that you live? So all of those types of uh, questions that you might want to ask yourself in terms of how do I want to live and how do I want to contribute? How do I want my life to be? What type of legacy do I want to have? Right. And then the other aspect is also just simply, am I connected to what I'm doing for work? Why am I on this planet? And do I actually love what I do for a living? That kind of stuff. So those are just a few examples. I mean, we could get into a lot of them in a lot more detail, but uh, for the purposes of what we're discussing today, those would just be a few different ideas or examples of what I think would apply to natural health. Yeah. So it's uh, almost, would you say in a way that it's essentially self-care, but in a different form, maybe? Yeah, I would say self-care is a big part of it. I think it's also realizing that when it comes to health, uh, regardless of if it's Western medicine or not, most people have come to think of doctors as the end-all be-all. And 
I have a lot of friends who are doctors and I admire, I admire them being in the healing profession, but I think the medical system and the, the healthcare system that the way it's evolved, especially when you think about insurance, just the, the many different factors, the many different incentives, the many different practices, and even just the constraints on people's time and energy, just not only as doctors, but even as patients, that's kind of changed things in a completely different way. And so where the idea can become where you're not necessarily depending all the time on other people to help you with your health, of course, yeah, when you need to go to them, you need to rely on their expertise. But at the end of the day, I think the best thing is that we, we are all our own best doctors. We are the people who know our bodies, our brains, our, our, our habits and everything the best. And so from that perspective, we're the ones who can be kind of like driving the ship or driving the car as, as much as we possibly can. And yeah, whenever something happens, we do need to turn to, say, a doctor or an herbalist or a therapist or some sort of professional to help us get back on course. They're clearly going to have much more training and much more um, knowledge and background on how to handle some of the specifics. But in general, when we can pay attention to and be aware of what's going on in our lives on, on a number of levels, then we are essentially our own best doctors. It's a really an amazing concept and something that I think all of us really need to adapt in our own lives is developing this self-reliance that I think a lot of times we are so we're we're much more quick to sort of let other people take care of our problems. But if we are mindful of our health, if we're mindful of how we're treating ourselves, it, I imagine, and I'm sure you have seen in your work, that it will benefit us much better in the long run. Yeah. And, and that's part of the that's part of, I guess, the problem in today's world. It, it doesn't just apply to health. It applies to a lot of things. Uh, this, but the simple analogy or the simple example in health is pill popping, right? It's We've become conditioned to want that or to need that because it's easy. And we think that that's going to take care of everything for us. And sure, a lot of pills will help with symptoms or, or whatnot, and they'll give you relief initially and, and make you feel better. But it's not necessarily getting to the root cause of what's really going on right deep down underneath and that applies not just to, to medical stuff right that applies to everything i think a lot of people have just been conditioned to say all right if i have a problem what's the quickest way to fix it or what's the quickest way to cover it up so that i don't have to deal with this right and i can get back to my usual routine or get back to whatever it is that i need to do same uh, it's funny how it applies to the medical world it's a lot of times you know you're sick, you're under the weather, whatever it might be, that's your body necessarily or naturally telling you like, you need to take, you need to rest, you need to slow down and just recharge and, and get back into things. And a lot of people in today's world, they, they want to just get back to work as soon as they possibly can, right? Without truly listening to the body. Yeah, they'll probably listen for a second, be like, all right, I got to do this or I got to take this, whatever to, to give me a little bit of relief, but I got to get back to this as opposed to taking all the time they need for the body to kind of recover and, and like get back to, to, to normal. Uh, but the other aspect of it is outside of the, the medical and the health world is that we simply want a quick fix, no matter what the problem is, right? We want to be able to, whether it's rely on someone to do something for us or do something as fast as we possibly can. I know with, with technology these days and the fact that people can communicate instantly 
whether it's for business or for personal reasons or what, what have you, you want that response. You want the solution. You want everything to be fast. But a lot of times the problem or whatever is happening didn't happen overnight. It took a while to build up and finally the dam broke, right? And so you can't just repair it overnight. You have to realize, all right, why did this happen? What can I do to fix it? What can I do to make sure it doesn't happen again? The important thing is there's a lot of work that needs to be done, right? And a lot of people these days, they don't want to do, quote unquote, the work, whether it's external or more importantly, whether it's inner work. A lot of times facing our own shadows or having to look into the mirror is probably the toughest work that we have to ever do because you're realizing you're coming face to face with yourself, right? right? (laughs) And that that to me is, is the bigger thing is that a lot of people these days, they want the quick fix or they want someone else to do it for them uh, as opposed to doing the work. In some of the, the, the work that we've done or some of the, the different practices that we've documented or some of the experts that we've interviewed, that's such a great phrase that, that the work is the healing or the work is the therapy. As long as you can actually uh, appreciate that and be aware that that's what it really comes down to. Uh, And a lot of healers, to my knowledge, or at least my opinion is, the best healers are the ones that truly believe they're not actually healers. They're just there to help people heal themselves, right? They're the ones to show them what needs to be done. But the person who's sick or the person that needs the healing, they're the ones that need to be doing the work on themselves, right? Until that person actually gives, gives the, or sorry, until that person has the mentality or comes around to thinking that I'm the only one that can work on myself or I'm the only one that can heal myself. None of the actual stuff, the other stuff is going to happen or it's, it's going to matter because until you can actually come around and, and believe in that I'm the one that has to do it for myself, that's when the results will actually take place. Yes, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I'm really curious as to what appeals to you about film and filming and and why educate the public on these topics of spirituality of natural health through the context of film sure well i I think film and tv in general it's just great number one for storytelling and two i think just the the combination or the the evolution of kind of where stories are are being put how, how they're being shown how they're being consumed it's just video is just the natural evolution of where things have gone. I mean, if you if you were going to say five, 10 years ago, how much video people would have access to, especially with internet bandwidth, right? It's just mind boggling to know how much of the internet, I guess, traffic that takes place in today's world is due to just simply Netflix or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's people's capacity and, and, their, and their desire to actually consume more content. That's part of it. And I think it's just the different things that you can do with film and TV. It's This comes down into the curating side. It also just comes down to the, into the editing side, right? When you're reading something, you can only experience something a certain way. Or when you're listening to something, you can only experience something a certain way. But when you're actually watching it and then you've got sound as well in there, that really just gives a whole other experience. And I think this comes down to the, the various senses that we're talking about, right? So there are, there is merit to just reading something. There is merit to just simply listening to something. Uh, I would like to think that if we're showing people how to do certain, certain things, you, you visually have to do it on a screen. Uh, but this is also just the beginning, right? With a, with a TV series or with a film, 
the idea isn't necessarily to just be watch this and you're done, right? For, for me, at least, being able to put this information, whether it's you call it infotainment or edutainment, it's really just the first step. Uh, a lot of what we do with the sacred science, it's great in terms of we get to showcase different healing traditions or we get to possibly do a, an online course on herbal detox or on shamanic journey or whatever it might be. But what's more important to me is kind of the next step is that when pe once people get to watch this, there are resources or there are people that they can work with in person or as in a, in a group. It could even be online, but the point thing, the point being is that once you watch this, you actually have another stepping stone to, to, to learn more in detail. And it could be experientially in person or, or online. But so for me, the, the, the TV or the film is really just the, excuse me, it's just the first step uh, on, the, on the learning process. I think for a lot of people, it's just an easier access point instead of saying, hey, I want you to read this book or I want you to take this class. Why don't you just check out this film or possibly watch this TV series and let me know what you think, right? It's also an, uh, another way for people to kind of compare notes, I guess, if they, if they were to all watch the same film or the same TV series and actually have a discussion point about it. Uh, the other thing is I think it's just a, lot of, a, a way to have a lot of fun with the topic just because there's different things that you can show, there's different things that you can actually feature, and it all just comes down to how you want to curate it. And, and the last thing with something like TV or film is that, yes, there are only certain things that you're going to be able to show in, in the film or in the series that airs. But when you're talking about all the research, all the scouting, all the different places that you might visit in any one of these, whether it be a film or a TV series, you end up getting a lot of footage, right? And even though a lot of times some of that might not make it into the the final, let's say the final movie or the final TV series, you still have the opportunity to use it for other purposes, whether it just be extra bonus stuff or as a possibility to just turn it into some sort of other learning tool. So it's just a way to kind of continually keep telling the story or to keep sharing the information, but you'll have all this great footage that you can actually just play with. So that that's one of the ways I would think about why TV and film, to me, um, just makes for uh, a more, I guess, compelling uh, entry point into this world. And then from there, you go into the other things like books or possibly online courses or learning about this in person to, to learn it in a more intensive setting. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like this, uh, you know, you were talking about storytelling, and this is so important nowadays because... You, you know, you were mentioning technology before, and that's a lot of what we talk about on this podcast, where people are feeling more and more isolated, anxious, depression is on the rise because they're not feeling connected to people. They're not feeling connected to their peers and the, having the opportunity to either watch a specific TV series or a specific film about self-care, about natural health, and really discovering ways in which we as individuals can improve our well-being and our lives, I think is so crucial and elemental today. So I just want to applaud you for that, for, for the work that you're doing. No, thanks. Appreciate it. it what you bring up a really interesting point in that a lot of people are feeling anxious or feeling overwhelmed or, or rushed or constrained by a lot of things. And that kind of, at least it for me, it impacted the approach on how we, we film that series just on ghosts and spirits. A lot of times, 
um, regardless of if it's a, a ghost hunting show or not, even if it's just something unscripted or scripted, you have a lot of fast cuts, you have a loud, a lot of loud sounds and just quick visuals. And it, it could be in many ways overwhelming. It can also like make people a little anxious. So we made a really intentional effort to kind of keep it like a very quiet, calm, slower show in a way to kind of just like let people kind of breathe a little bit because that's something that needs to happen. And then the other part is what you talked about is feeling that connection. And in that case, it was really to show that we're all connected to our ancestors or we're all connected in a way that just because someone and a physical body is no longer here, that doesn't mean they're completely gone, right? That that connection is not completely lost. And so that's one of the things that we were trying to, to show again or teach people that, you know, just because someone isn't here anymore physically, that doesn't mean they're completely gone. Yeah, absolutely. And you were talking about this really at the beginning of our conversation about the ship's podcast and about so much of what we talk about on this show is the importance of meaningful relationships. And yes, while in a lot of cases that means relationships with other people, it also means relationships with ourselves, relationships with the natural world, uh, our relationships with technology, with the things. And so I'm curious from your perspective, being a film producer, working in the areas of natural health and spirituality, what would you say is your definition of a genuine, meaningful relationship? That's a really good question. <laughs> I would say that it probably starts with yourself first that if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, if you're not comfortable with who you are, and this really comes from a place of if, you, if you're not loving yourself, then it's hard to develop very many relationships with anybody else. And in some ways, this is almost like when you're on a plane and just for the emergency routine, you know, take care of yourself, put your oxygen mask on first before you help somebody else, right? If, you, if you're not comfortable with yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself first, then it's hard to kind of have a healthy relationship with other people. Yeah, a lot of times people will tolerate that uh, or it, you can kind of work past it, but it just makes it a lot easier. And I would say the other aspect of it is really just kind of knowing what you want to put into any given relationship and what you want to get out of any given relationship. And there's always a give and take. And so it's not to say that there's any sort of compromise. I'm sure that there is compromise when it comes to romantic relationships and uh, and long-term partnerships that way and spouses. But in, in any other relationship, it's really just what the give and take is about, right? It's it's a two-person or a multi-person uh, collaboration or entity, right? And so you have to think about what you bring to the table and what you say, what you may want to take away from the table. And there's a constant back and forth, there's a constant open channel, whether it's an exchange of ideas or of love or of, of money or contacts, whatever it might be. It's, it's just a way for one person to be in a different sort of connection with another, or that could apply to, to multiple people. So I would say it's, it's the awareness of how good of a relationship you have with yourself number one. And then once that's taken care of, or as that's being addressed, how you fit into this partnership with one or more people and how they fit into that same partnership with you. Yes. I love that. 
I think that it's so important. And a big reason why I wanted to have you on the show was the importance of building that relationship with yourself and how crucial that is for the foundation in your life for when you start connecting with other people or just start connecting with the external world. I think that is so crucially important. And so I'm really jiving with what you're saying a lot. Yeah, it it definitely indicates, uh, or sorry, it definitely, I'd say, impacts uh, the way we kind of live on this planet. And it, it definitely is, is a major factor, at least I think, in terms of how I, how, how I live my life, how I approach uh, why I'm here and, and what I'm doing and how that kind of impacts all the different relationships I have with different people. Uh, a lot of times it just comes down to how and why you connect with somebody. And this goes back to what I was saying before, is that it's a lot easier for me to do this now after having kind of practiced it for 10 years or kind of having more data points to realize, you know, when you, when you meet somebody for any given reason, you might think you're meeting them for, for X versus you find out later you were actually meeting them for Y or Z reasons, right? You just might not know it. You, you just might not know why you met this person or why you crossed paths with somebody at a given time until some point later in life. And so to the extent that anyone can actually kind of operate with without those blinders, right? And by being able to kind of look at the bigger picture, I think that would enhance relationships too. It's knowing that, hmm, you know, this may have not have turned out the way I thought it would be, whether it be you, you went on a date and it didn't turn out that way, or you thought you'd have a great coffee meeting with someone who you wanted to possibly work with, or who knows, it could have just been uh, a meeting with a family member that didn't go as great as possible. But you have to think in mind that that's just like the first of what could be a number of interactions with this person. And even if it's not the first of many, it could be the only interaction. Who knows what what or where that's going to connect you to later in life, right? Uh, I think the other aspect is what did you necessarily learn about that person or that experience? And what did you learn about yourself from the experience as well? This all now goes back to that relationship with yourself. Uh, in, In many ways, when I'm living life or interacting with people, I'm trying to think about, all right, what can I take away from this, right? What was the lesson here? And and that goes to this three-word three, three word phrase that kind of comes back in, in the work that we do with the sacred science, and this is from the shamanic world. And that phrase is simply that everything is medicine. And it's, it's such a great phrase that I've kind of used it um, in my own life to know that it's changed the way I react or don't react to different things now, because whenever something happens either to me or I guess with me, whether it's for or against me, whatever I experience, I'm always thinking, all right, where, where, what's, what's the, the medicine in this? Like where, what's the learning, right? How is this actually helping me, even though I don't think it's helping me right now? And so that's just possibly uh, a simple tool or a simple reference point for anyone listening to to kind of, take or keep in their back pocket for any given time. It takes a while to get comfortable with it, but the more you do it, I think the more it impacts how you live, uh, not only in terms of the relationship that you would have with yourself, but as we were just discussing, the types of relationships that you have with other people. Yes, absolutely. And I love how it's really 
a lifestyle and an approach to life that everything is medicine. I, I really love that. So, um, Mylene, thank you so much for joining us on the ship's podcast today. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show before we head on out. I'm just wondering if you could share with our listeners some places that they could check out you and your work. Sure. Yeah. So the, the current place that, uh, I've been parked for the last five years, uh, is the sacred science. And so the, the website for that is simply the sacred science.com. And you can take a look at a number of different, uh, blog pieces there, some video clips, and even uh, register for some of our films or series that we have, um, whether they be on herbal topics or shamanism or plant medicine or energy healing. Um, and I've got a few other side projects going, which aren't necessarily uh, completely up up and running yet. So those will be coming in the near future. But yeah, thesacredscience.com the is probably the best place to see what I've been up to over the last five or six years. Um, and if you need to connect with me, you can always find me on LinkedIn, just Meline Patel. Great. Sounds good. Well, listeners, please be sure to check out The Sacred Science. Please check out Maline. You'll find a lot of great information on there. I was on the, the website throughout this past week or so, and there's just a wealth of content and information and so much to learn, especially if you're new to this kind of world. So Maline, thank you so much again for coming on the show and, and sharing your words of wisdom with everybody. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Pat. Really appreciate the the invitation and the ability to kind of just uh, unpack a lot of this stuff. It was a great experience and I hope to be able to do it again. I also want to say this is probably the first podcast I've ever been invited to. So hopefully this is the first of many. So thanks for that opportunity as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was great having you. So happy to have Malene Patel on the podcast. So great getting his perspective in the worlds of natural health, spirituality, as well as the film industry, and how this could help us develop a better relationship with ourselves. So thank you so much, Malene, for coming on the show. If you liked this episode, please feel free to leave a comment, share it with a friend, leave a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave me a voicemail. Depending on what the voicemail says, this voicemail may end up in a future episode of Ships, so I would love to hear from you. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing amazing episodes with inspiring guests. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Ships, and I'll catch you all in the next one.